thank you that your presence is already here, moving and working among us. And I just pray right now, Father God, that you would open our hearts to what you have to say to us this morning. Father God, that we would be ready to hear your word and to act upon it in the name of Jesus. Amen. If you've got your Bibles, can you turn to Acts chapter 1? And while you're doing that, I just want to share a story with you. Um, thank you all for your prayers over this period of time that we're in as a family, a time of transition, a time of waiting and expectation and lots of preparation going on. So last Friday, I find myself in Cardiff um, as part of um, just putting together what we're doing for the future, as well as um, going into ministry. I'm also looking to do a bit of supply teaching. So I find myself in Cardiff last Friday and um, I'm going in for an interview with a teaching agency. So I get there nice and early, and um, I go and look for this place I'm supposed to be having this interview. And, you know, you get yourself prepared, you get yourself ready beforehand. I had my CV there and all my certificates, everything they'd asked for, I was like, I was well prepared and ready. So um, I'm walking around Cardiff, thankful for Google Maps. The internet was not down that day, praise the Lord. And um, I get on the walking part of Google Maps, I'm like, start to walk towards where this destination is. And what I find is I'm walking further and further away from any type of kind of familiar place. And as I'm walking down the road, I get to the dual carriageway. And the first thing I'm thinking is, how am I going to get across here safely? And I still can't see the building that I'm meant to be going into. So I get across the dual carriageway, according to Google, Google Maps, I am pretty much there. And what I find is that the destination is actually at the very bottom of a hotel. So I end up walking through the car park of a hotel, down into what I can only describe almost like a basement um, that backs onto a really old, dingy pub. And I'm starting to think... God, I hope I've got this right, because right now I'm either going to be late or I'm going to end up in the wrong place. So I get to this door that's got a big sign saying the name of the agency. I press the bell and again, starting to wonder, where am I? What is this experience all about? Press the bell, they let me in. And then I find myself thinking, how do I get up to the first floor? And there's a lift. So I go into the lift and um, it's one of those lifts only about three people can actually stand in. And I'm in there on my own. And I'm starting to think, when the lift door opens, I wonder what it's going to be like when, I put, when the lift door opens and I get to the top. So uh, it's a bit like I imagine they feel on Dragon's Den, you know. The lift door opens. You know, you want to present yourself really well. So the lift door opens and I find myself in a reception area and I'm standing there and what greets me is the most chaotic scene you can imagine. So there's people running back and forth and I'm starting to think, okay, first of all, this place is really random. Secondly, what on earth have I just walked into? And every time they'd walk past me, they'd kind of be running and then they'd be like, smiling and then run again and I say what is going on the receptionist is frantically on the phone another lady runs past a few guys walk past and then the lady just stops and says do you want to sign in I was like thanks so I'm there thinking you know I, I'm just waiting around wondering what's going to happen next so I sign in um, nobody says do you want to take a seat so I just find a seat and sit down and kind of I'm sitting there waiting. In one hand, I'm preparing myself for this interview. I've got my CV. I'm getting ready. And on the other hand, I'm also waiting, thinking, what is going on? 
And then I listened into this conversation. You see, what had happened just before I'd arrived, they discovered that the men's toilets had flooded. And what had happened was the phone calls that were coming through were because not only had the toilets flooded, but they were now seeping into the floor office below. So there was all of this rush going on, all this pandemonium. So I'm sitting there and I'm waiting. I'm in a place of waiting. But like most of us, when we're actually waiting, we're not actually sitting there doing nothing. You see, what I'm actually doing is I'm preparing myself for what's to come. But I'm also, I have to be honest, every time a man came out of the office, I was thinking, was it you? Um, and watching their faces as they find out what's happened. Anyway, later um, someone comes to get me and they take me through a call centre, which again was a very bizarre experience, and finally through to an office and I sit down, have the interview. All went well, it was great. But the reason I tell you that story is because I want to ask you this morning, what are you waiting for? And we're going to turn to Acts chapter 1 and we're going to read um, this passage together. I'm going to unpack this together this morning. The promise of the Holy Spirit. In my first book, I told you, Theophilus, about everything Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving his chosen apostles further instructions through the Holy Spirit. During the 40 days after he suffered and died, he appeared to the apostles from time to time, and he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive, and he talked to them about the kingdom of God. Once when he was eating with them, He commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? He replied, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times. And they are not for you to know, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses, telling everyone about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. After saying this, he was taken up into a cloud while they were watching, and they could no longer see him. As they strained to see him rising into heaven, two white-robed men suddenly stood among them. Men of Galilee, they said, why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven, but someday he will return from heaven in the same way you saw him go. Very often in our church life, this whole passage and this whole experience that the disciples went through in this very significant time, when you look at um, the time scale of what happened to Jesus, his death, his resurrection, his ascension, and then the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit comes, often this bit is like the bit that doesn't really get spoken about very much. Um, at school, um, I work in a Church of England primary school, and my first experience of Ascension Day was actually um, when I first started my job. Every year, whenever Ascension Day happened, it was like the best day ever as a teacher because they celebrated Ascension being Church of England. So you'd go down to the church in the morning and you'd have a great celebration. You'd have lunch and then you got the afternoon off. It was like the best day ever. Um, As the years went on and, uh, you know, money started to dwindle in the education system, it was felt that maybe that wasn't the 
best use of Ascension Day time. Um, and sadly, we don't do that anymore. But my first experience was very much in a traditional sense around Ascension. But as I've been preparing, this whole story and this whole experience has just really come alive to me. And I just really pray this morning that it comes alive to you. What was really going on in this passage? What was going on for the disciples? What was this really all about? So um, I need your help this morning. And uh, what I need you to do first of all is just a few neck exercises, if that's okay. So can you just practice, just put your head up like this. Yeah, and then put your head back down again. And then just look to the side and the other side. If you were feeling a bit sleepy, let's just do it one more time. Head up, head down, to the side, and to the side. Perfect. Okay, because you see what was happening... Um, when we read this passage, I just want to bring it to life this morning a bit more. So, you're now not just uh, people that have come to church today. You are now the disciples. Okay, and Jesus is taking you to the Mount of Olives. Um, it's a place that comes up many times in the Bible. And you're all gathered together. And Jesus is imparting his kind of final words to you, promising that he's going to send the Holy Spirit who will give you power to be his witnesses in Judea, Samaria, Jerusalem, and to the ends of the earth. And then in that moment, this is what happens. So, Jesus is there. He's surrounded by his disciples. And he's busy talking to them. And he's sharing heart with them. And then in that moment, all of the disciples are there. I'll have to watch the lights. And Jesus ascends to heaven. This is why you needed to do your neck exercises, you see. So right now, we're all looking up. Jesus is represented by this heart, and he's gone up to heaven, and the disciples are there, and they're staring, and they're squinting, and everyone's looking up, because Jesus has gone. He's gone. He said he was going, but he's actually gone now, and they're still looking up. And these two men appear in white robes, and they start saying to them, Stop standing there. Yes, Jesus has ascended, but the same way that he has ascended is the same way that he is coming back. You see, Jesus promises that he is coming again, that just as he ascended, he is going to return. But in that moment, they're still looking up. They're like, Jesus, he's gone. What happens now? And then these two white robed men appear and they say, Stop standing there. Come on, it's time to get going. And then I just get this impression that in that moment, from looking up, they start looking left and right. Just start looking left and right at the people around you. You see, they're looking around them, they're saying, wow, actually it's just starting to click. Everything that Jesus has taught us, everything that he shared with us, all the things that we've witnessed, it's all making sense. Jesus is saying, He's, he's gone up to heaven. He's coming again soon. We need to get going. We need to get on with what he told us to do. And in that moment, the disciples have this full revelation. It's over to us. So what do they do? They run back. They go back to Jerusalem. And you see, when they go back to Jerusalem, they could have easily gone back to Jerusalem and they could have gone back to their jobs. They could have gone back to their families. They could have gone back to routine. They could have scattered around but what they do is exactly 
what Jesus told them to do. Luke 24, verse 52. So they worshipped him and then returned to Jerusalem, filled with great joy. And they spent all of their time in the temple praising God. Acts 1, verse 14. They all met together and they were constantly united in prayer, along with Mary, the mother of Jesus, several other women and the brothers of Jesus. See, often we get this impression that when Jesus ascended to heaven, they all were like scattered around. They were all alone suddenly. But no, in that moment, the disciples suddenly click. They suddenly realize something's about to happen. Jesus just promised them the Holy Spirit. He's told them to wait. And in that waiting time, they don't just stop and sit still. They don't just sit down and think, well, the Holy Spirit will come. No, they're active in their waiting. They begin to worship. They begin to praise God. I wonder in that place where they started to sing those words, you're my author, my maker, my blessed redeemer, my answer, my hiding place. They begin to declare who he is together. They meet together in joy. It says they're joyful. We often think sometimes in that upper room, yes, they probably were scared. Yes, they probably had moments where they're thinking, what's going to happen next? But in that place, they find full joy out of a place of worship, out of a place of saying, okay, we know that something great is about to happen and we're going to worship God and we're going to sing for joy. We're going to let joy fill our hearts because something great is about to happen. And the other thing they do is they're united in prayer. Can I encourage you, just like Aaron did earlier, this period of time that we're joining together globally with thousands upon thousands of Christians right across the world during this season of Thy Kingdom Come. And what we're doing together is we're saying, in this period of time, we are going to be united in prayer. We're united in praying for our friends to find God. We're united in prayer for the nations all across this world. We're united in prayer because we don't want to just sit and do nothing. We just don't want to be people who just wait around and think, well, maybe it will happen for me today. Maybe I'll know God's presence again in my life. Maybe my friend will get saved. No, uniting together in prayer, saying today I'm going to choose to pray. Today I'm going to choose to intercede. Today I'm going to choose to stand for that friend that doesn't know Jesus. Today I'm going to stand on behalf of that situation or circumstance. When we really come to a place of being united in prayer, we come together as a people of God and we say we are going to stand and we are going to declare God's freedom, we're going to declare healing, we're going to declare peace and prosperity all over our families, over our communities, over our nation. That's what joining together and being united in prayer is all about. You see, for the disciples, what happened? The 10 days started on Ascension Day leading up to Pentecost. And on the day of Pentecost, because they'd spent all of that time in prayer, in worship, full of joy, seeking God and spending that time together, on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit is poured out. And what begins to happen is God begins to open their eyes. You see, they'd looked left and right at each other and gone, this is it. We need to start doing what Jesus has told us to do. But they also began to look left and right and see other people. 
people that were further away, people that were marginalized, people that didn't speak the same language as them, people from every race, and declare the word of God. And on that day of Pentecost, 3,000 people get saved. And we can read that story and think, wow, that was amazing. But you know, the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives in us this morning. Come on, church. Stir it up within you this morning. You know, we have not been abandoned. The Holy Spirit has come to fill us and to fill us up so that we can be his witnesses. You know, we're leading up, it just so happens, in this like 10-day period, which finishes on Sunday next week. What an incredible opportunity we have on Saturday. You know, what is God preparing us for? If we truly, truly are saying, God, we are coming to you in prayer for our friends and for our community, what an impact the next six days is going to make if we unite together in prayer. You know, the disciples made a choice, and the same choice we have to make today is to say, I'm in. They could have gone back home. They could have run away. They could have got a bit scared and frightened of the Romans at that time, but they didn't. They chose to come together. They chose to unite together. They chose to say, we're in. What's your choice this morning? What are you waiting for? You know, Pentecost is an incredibly powerful day. And we're going to hear all about that next Sunday. But Pentecost wouldn't happen if it wasn't for ascension. Because Jesus says in John 16, he says, Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Jesus knew that the promise of the Holy Spirit, the kingdom coming from heaven to earth, wouldn't happen if he didn't ascend. Because the moment that Jesus ascends to heaven, he goes to sit at the right hand of God, the Father. His work is complete. He takes his place as King of kings and Lord of lords. And do you know the incredible thing about Jesus is right now he is up there and is interceding on our behalf. You know, wow, just think about that for a moment. Jesus is interceding on your behalf. Whatever situation, whatever circumstance you're facing this morning, Jesus is right now interceding on your behalf. But you see, if Jesus had stayed on the earth, he couldn't be in one place seeing someone healed and over there seeing someone raised from the dead and in another country doing something else. He knew that the Holy Spirit needed to come and rest on each and every person. Because in doing that, the Holy Spirit comes to dwell within us. It equips us to be his witnesses, to be his voice, to be his light to the world, and then send and scatter that right across the world. But it comes to a point where we have to say, Holy Spirit, I welcome you into my heart. Holy Spirit, I want you to move in my life. I want you to equip me to be your witness. In this 10 days, is that our prayer church? It's a few people's prayer. I'm going to keep going. The 28th of December 2014 won't really mean a lot to many people in this room. But it had a big circle on our calendar in our house because that was the day that um, Naomi was due. 
And actually what happened, and it was quite funny preparing this, she actually came 10 days later on the 7th of January. So the very thing that we were like promised and the very moment that we thought it was going to happen, um, we found ourselves in this period of waiting. But you, need, you know, when you wait, when you're waiting in a place of being active, and, and in our case, when we were waiting for Naomi to come, there were many walks, there was much nesting going on. I must have baked cake every day just because... You know, you can never have too many cakes, just in case. And, um, you know, there are lots of things I was doing during that period of time. But a few weeks before that, and I managed to find this. I, I kind of went through the trawls of Facebook to find this post because it just reminded me. I came across this first at 37 weeks when you're full term in pregnancy. And there's that moment when you know anything could happen from that point. And Romans 8 verse 22, the message translation says this. All around us... We observe a pregnant creation. The difficult times of pain throughout the world are simply birth pangs. But it's not only around us, it's within us. The Spirit of God is arousing us within. We're also feeling the birth pangs. These sterile and barren bodies of ours are yearning for full deliverance. That is why waiting does not diminish us. Any more than waiting diminishes a pregnant mother... We are enlarged in our waiting. We, of course, don't see what is enlarging us. But the longer we wait, the larger we become and the more joyful of our expectancy. Meanwhile, the moment we get tired in the waiting, God's Spirit is right alongside helping us along. If we don't know how to pray or what to pray, it doesn't matter. He does our praying for us, making prayer out of wordless sighs or aching groans. He knows us far better than we know ourselves. He knows our pregnant condition and keeps us present before God. That's why we can be sure that every detail in our lives of love for God is worked into something good. You know, a couple of weeks back, Aaron spoke about a midwife generation. And as I was preparing this, I just felt God bring me back to this moment in my life when I suddenly had to realize that the waiting was all part of the preparation. The waiting was all about what God was um, growing within me. But you know, spiritually this morning, there are people in this room and God has planted and birthed something within you. And sometimes we find ourselves a bit like the disciples. Jesus ascended to heaven. You find yourself in this waiting period, this time and this transition where you can't always see what's going on. But in those moments, God is growing us. He's shaping our character. He's developing us. And he's doing everything within us so that we come to the full, complete point of being ready to be um, to just be delivered into the promises and the purposes and plans that he has for us. But one thing that I know about uh, childbirth, I'm not going to go into the gross details, don't worry. Um, <laughs> this isn't one of those birth story moments that you think, oh no, where's this going? Um, but one thing I do know about labour and about midwives is there becomes a point, when you go into labour, you go through the different phases, but there becomes a point when you are in labour when the midwife says, it's time to push and I really believe that in this season, in this church, there are people and God has put within you something that he has birthed, something that he has been growing for a long time, for our lives and the season that we're in right now. This is what we're feeling as well, that God is just birthing something within you and it's been growing, it's been developing. There have been times when it's been hard. There's been times when you can't really see fully what's going on. But the word of the Lord would come to you today and say, it's time to push 
It's time to push. For some of you, it's time to push past the pain. And it's time to start praising God again for what he's about to do. And it's time to push forward in joy of what God is about to put before you. For others, it's time to stop procrastinating. And it's time to start pushing forward in prayer and believing that God is about to do what he has promised. Because when you do that, when you do that, church, the miracle is on its way. The promise is about to be fulfilled. Come on, church. It's time to push. And I just want to encourage you this morning, if you find yourself in a place of waiting, you're not alone. Because when Jesus ascended to heaven, he didn't just ascend and leave them abandoned. He promised the Holy Spirit would come. And I really believe today that if you push past your pain, if you push past your past, if you push past those times when you just procrastinated and thought, maybe this is never going to happen, you are going to see some incredible miracles take place. You are going to see promises fulfilled in your life, and you're going to see incredible things happen. But what do the disciples do? Band, can you come back up? They worshipped. They were joyful. They praised God. And they were united in prayer. I'm going to read to you some lyrics from the song that we're about to sing. It's a new song to the church. As I was listening to this this week, I just imagined that these might have been some of the words and the lyrics that the disciples might have been singing as they sat there waiting for the Holy Spirit. Can't go back to the beginning can't control what tomorrow will bring but I know here in the middle is a place where you promise to be I'm not enough unless you come will you meet me here again because all I want is all you are will you meet me here again as I walk now through the valley let your love rise above every fear like the sun shaping the shadow in my weakness your glory appears I'm not enough unless you come. Will you meet me here again? Because all I want is all you are. Will you meet me here again? Not for a minute was I forsaken. The Lord is in this place. Come, Holy Spirit, dry bones awaken. The Lord is in this place. Church, can we stand together? We're going to begin to sing this song and I just want you in this moment to have some time between you and God. <coughs> For some of you, God is awakening dreams in your heart today. Those things that he has birthed within you, those promises that he's giving you. And let's just come back to that place this morning saying, God, we are nothing without you. Holy Spirit, we need a fresh revelation from you. Would you equip us and would you send us forth? to see incredible miracles, to see your promise fulfilled and to see your kingdom come.